0: Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Brianna Maitland and Cindy Mae Brown.
1: Brianna Maitland was born on October 8th, 1986, in Burlington, Vermont. She was raised with her older brother on their parents' farm. On her 17th birthday in 2003, Brianna moved out of the family home. Her parents said there was nothing wrong and no issues that led to her wanting to move out, but she wanted to live closer to her group of friends who live 15 miles away. 15 miles away?
0: And they let her move out?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe it's because we live in, well, it's Vermont. It's remote
1: yeah it it seems it seems a little strange it
0: also seems uh i don't know but it seems it seems like we're um i let somebody move out at 17 she hasn't graduated yet no okay
1: yeah she enrolled in the school that her friends attended for her sophomore year but her living arrangements weren't ideal and she was essentially couch hopping By February 2004, she had dropped out of school and moved in with her friend, Jillian Stout, in Sheldon, Vermont. Brianna worked as a dishwasher at the Black Lantern Inn in Montgomery, Vermont, which was 20 minutes away from her home, and was also a waitress at another restaurant in St. Albans, which was a 15-minute drive. On Friday, March 19, 2004, Brianna took an exam to receive her GED and then went out to lunch with her mom to celebrate. They then spent the afternoon running errands and shopping. Her mom said that while they were in the checkout line, something caught Brianna's eye outside. She told her mom that she would be right back and left the store. When her mom met her in the parking lot, Brianna was shaken and agitated. She told her mom that she needed to go home to get ready for work. Her mom didn't want to seem nosy, so she didn't question her about what happened. She dropped Brianna off at the house she shared with her friend between 3.30 and 4. Brianna left a note for her roommate before heading to work just saying that she would see her when she got home. She worked her shift like usual and clocked out at 11.20 p.m. She told her co-workers that she had to get home and get some sleep because she worked at her second job in the morning. Brianna left in her 1985 pale green Oldsmobile and headed for home. By all accounts, she was alone. That was the last time anyone heard from Brianna Maitland. Brianna was not reported missing for several days. Her roommate saw the note that Brianna left, but she spent the weekend out of town. When she got back on Sunday and Brianna wasn't home, she wasn't too concerned. She figured she went to her parents' house. When she still hadn't heard from her by the next day on March 25th, she called Brianna's parents to see if they had heard from her. Her mother had not seen or heard from her since she dropped her off after shopping. Her mom started calling around in the hopes that she would show up. When that failed, her parents went to the police to report her missing. When her parents described Brianna's car to the authorities, they were familiar with it. On the afternoon of March 20th, the day after Brianna was last seen, the Vermont State Police were called to an abandoned house on Route 118 in Richfield, about a mile away from the Black Lantern Inn. A pale green Oldsmobile was found backed into the side of an abandoned house. The house is known as the Old Dutchburn House. The siding on the house had been damaged by the car, and a piece of plywood that was covering the window was now laying on the car's trunk. Was this
0: like a a house where people partied, or was it, you know,
1: was it a spot where teenagers were known to gather? I don't think so. From the pictures, everything was boarded up. It wasn't, I mean, all the windows and doors were boarded up on this house. It was right next to a road, too, so it wasn't like you had to drive down a long... It wasn't private. It wasn't... No. It wasn't a hidden... Some no, it front. was right okay. on the side of the road, and there was no trees around it. I mean, it was it was very out in the open. And it's kind of strange. It had a name.
0: That's what made me think. Is there a, is it was there a, was that a gathering spot for you know, for uh, underage people to get, to yeah. gather and to, to drink? But there
1: is doesn't appear as if it that doesn't was the appear case. that way. Okay. It was Brianna's car. They found two of her paychecks on the front seat. They also found loose change, a water bottle, and an unsmoked cigarette on the ground by the vehicle. The officer assumed the car had been left there by a drunk driver and had it towed. The car was registered to Brianna's mom, but no one contacted her about it being found. When her father went to see the car, he found her driver's license, ATM card, glasses, contact case, makeup, and her migraine medication. The keys for the car were missing. The car was finally processed by the state crime lab on March 30th, 10 days after it was found. The area around the Dutchburn house was searched by police and dogs but nothing was found. They found no evidence of a struggle or foul play in the vehicle.
0: She had you said that she had she did she have money in her wallet? I mean is there she had a couple of paychecks, the ATM
1: card. Um I'm not really sure. But I mean, none it, of it was taken? No. And it didn't say if she had a wallet, if the wallet was missing. Okay. I'm not really sure, but she was if a, you had a wallet, your driver's license, ATM card, I mean, those okay. things would be in that, yeah. But so I'm not really sure. After Brianna was reported missing, several people came forward to report sightings of her vehicle at the Dutchburn house. A man who drove by the house between 11.30 and 12.30 a.m. on March 20th said the car headlights may have been on. He said he did not see anyone in or around the car. A second man who drove by around the same time said he saw a turn signal flashing on the car. Around 4 a.m. that same day, a former boyfriend of Brianna's drove past the scene. He thought he recognized the vehicle, but he didn't see anyone in or around it. Brianna got off work at 11.20 Friday night. The first sighting of her car backed into the Dutchburn house was between 11.30 and 12.30 a.m. Something happened to her within an hour of leaving work, which was only a mile to where her car was found. In the week following Brianna's disappearance, the Vermont police received an anonymous tip claiming Brianna was being held against her will in a house near Berkshire, about 10 miles from Montgomery. The rented house was occupied at the time by Raymond Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson. Both were known drug dealers from New York. The house was raided by police, drugs and drug paraphernalia was found, but there was no sign of Brianna. According to some of Brianna's friends, she had allegedly experimented with hard drugs in the recent past, and was an acquaintance of Ryan's and Jackson. In late 2004, police received a statement from an anonymous older female who implicated both Ryan's and Jackson in Brianna's disappearance, an alleged murder. The signed affidavit, written in graphic detail, stated that Brianna had been murdered approximately a week after she disappeared. It claimed that Ryan's murdered her during an argument over money she had lent him to purchase drugs.
0: The, uh, it alleged that there was an argument over money that she lent had lent him, him um, to purchase drugs. Right. It, it, it's that's two that's two people that have that said a similar story about the same about the same people. Right. A, 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 I mean, generally the same kind of story.
1: Right. And at least one of them was signed. I mean. Right. It's anonymous to us. They didn't. Sure they didn't sure. say who signed this letter but they knew the person sure. who the second person. So it very well could have been the same person both. Oh that did both report Both times because okay. the first time it was totally anonymous to everybody. Sure, um, sure. and if
0: if you if you they 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 are claiming that they have knowledge about a, a murder and they could be at risk too for telling but then eventually they they do come forward and tell. Right. Um and it was specific. It, it was, was detailed. It
1: was very detailed, and I didn't go into. I didn't want to say the exact details because it was it was pretty graphic, and uh, really sad. But yeah. but authorities were unable to corroborate um, any of the claims in that letter. In two thousand six, security footage at Caesars World Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, showed a woman resembling Brianna sitting at a poker table, but the woman was never found and questioned. Something interesting that I thought was worth mentioning. Three weeks before she disappeared, Brianna was physically assaulted by another female at a party. The motive was unclear, but Brianna suffered a broken nose and a concussion. She filed charges against the woman, but those charges were dropped once Brianna went missing. Police said the woman was cleared of any involvement in her disappearance.
0: The charges were dropped once once Brianna went missing. Right,
1: because um, Brianna wasn't around there to to, to, uh, to defend right them to defend
0: her, her to 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 her point but
1: um, and it's my understanding that her parents were, were very upset with that because regardless of where Brianna was this still happened. That still happened yeah. there should be, there should be, something should be done
0: about it. Right. So, but it doesn't appear as if that that person had anything to do with with Brianna's disappearance?
1: It doesn't appear that way but it doesn't say why they were fighting also. Okay. Um, I don't know Sure. I'm not really sure if if it had anything to do with her eventual, right. maybe not. This woman had maybe the woman didn't have something specific to do with it, but her maybe the reason why or, they were fighting, or right, yeah. And also, she was at the casino, but she's only she's only seventeen years old.
0: Right. She can't. I mean, I don't. I've never been to a, a large casino in Las Vegas. Um, I'm not sure that they they ID everybody, but you
1: would think so. I, I think yeah. Do you have to be twenty one? I think you just had to be 18. Oh, oh. I think so. Okay, well then 17. I 18, think so. Okay. Okay. And they couldn't, They didn't even know for sure if it was her or not That was that was seen there. Okay. In 2007, it was determined by police that foul play was the probable cause of her disappearance and that the scene where her car was found may have been staged to appear as an accident. Her parents speculated that she may have been abducted by multiple people because it would have been difficult for one assailant to subdue Brianna because she had extensive training in jujitsu jitsu growing up. In March 2016, investigators revealed that they had recovered DNA samples from Brianna's car, but the results were not made public. In July that same year, the Dutchburn house was destroyed by a fire. Vermont State Police Detective Lieutenant Todd Baxter, who works for the major crime unit, said they still get new tips a few times a month, and there is a detective assigned to the case that knows it well. He maintains that someone knows what happened to Brianna and they need to come forward. He said, quote, Here's the bottom line. She didn't do this to herself, so somebody knows. Unquote. Brianna Maitland was 17 years old when she went missing in 2004. She would be 33 years old now. She is described as Caucasian, 5'3 to 5'5, and 110 pounds. She has brown hair and hazel eyes. She has a faint scar extending from her left eyebrow to her forehead her left nostril is pierced. She wore a small ring with a stud in it at the time of her disappearance. She also wore contacts, but they were left behind. Her nicknames are Brie and B. If you have any information about Brianna Maitland's disappearance, please call the Vermont State Police Department at 802-524-5993. It makes me so sad that
0: <clears throat> she was such a young person. And uh, may have gotten, may have, may or may not have um, gotten into using harder drugs, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure exactly what that means, but that um, she might have experimented with that. And because of her relationships or her involvement, got um, into trouble. Right. It was obvious that she got in trouble because she was, she was, Upset on the Friday that she met with her mom, that they ran errands and they celebrated her her taking her GED test. But yeah, something happened, mm-hmm. and and it happened quickly because yep. she was only a mile from the the restaurant that she was washing dishes at, and um, potentially within potentially within ten minutes, right, right. So you know it, it's possible that that somebody was waiting for her outside as she she left her job.
1: Yeah.
0: And then gone. And um, so were the the two the two men that were mentioned as um as potential uh, murderers. I mean that 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 they were accused of it. I right. uh, they were questioned and and but they were never never charges brought.
1: No, and they and weren't sub- even listed as possible suspects. Really? It well, was just this woman had claimed that, but there was nothing to corroborate those claims. So as far as what I could see, they were never named as actual suspects. suspects.
0: I just can't imagine somebody would put themselves in harm's way to right. report what they know about a potential murder. I mean, if because if, if for this woman that reported it, or this, this pr- anonymous person that reported it, Um, you think you mentioned she was an older woman
1: right it said
0: that specifically an older woman but uh, if she believed that this happened and that they killed Brianna um, she was putting
1: herself in danger
0: right by just reporting it
1: yeah you wouldn't think that you would do that if you didn't firmly believe that this is what happened right and because it was
0: detailed and it was specific and it was you said it was graphic and so I just it seems like it, there that that something should have come of that, um, right? Something more should have come of that, and I, I I suppose it's it's difficult to know what happened when you don't have a body. Yeah. And now she would be she'd be about thirty two. You said thirty three ish, thirty three, um, a life cut short. Cindy Mae Brown was from Duluth, Minnesota. She moved to the Twin Cities in nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty. On March tenth, nineteen eighty, she told her supervisor at the Roseville Kmart that she was leaving town. She was never heard from again. Four and a half months later, Cindy was reported missing. Four months later. Yep. Four months later, she was about twenty-two years old, and uh, she was she was living on her own in the cities. Um, her su- she had told her supervisor that she was leaving, and I'm not sure who reported her missing. Yeah but she was, pro- uh, mate, she was reported missing by sure. somebody. Cindy had a, an apartment on Rice Street in Roseville. The police talked to her roommate, Patrick Thomas Walsh. He told them that she left for California in a brown van with a woman and two men, leaving her own car behind. At the time of her disappearance, the police believed that Cindy had left on her own accord. Patrick Thomas Walsh had, had a criminal record as a teen, um, it reported that when he was seven years old, he was caught killing birds and animals. He eventually was attemp- uh, was charged with a- attempting to murder a 23-year-old woman and spent seven years in the St. Peter Hospital. Um, it was determined at that time that he had an antisocial personality, but was not mentally ill. That's well, interesting. It is interesting because you you spent 7 years in a mental institution but you're not mentally ill.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's just because of the time period. It might how be how it was determined or um, how it was classified. You know how it was if there was any yeah, difference. Then, oh and yeah, I'm yeah. Not on a scale of something.
0: And I, I I'm not and I think that one of the things that I'm not sure of is what they mean when they say anti anti personality. Again, this is in 1980. Yeah. And what that meant then what that means now they might have different terms that, sure. that identify what that means but um so so he was he was in St. Peter for 7 years uh, and he was released just 3 years before Cindy went missing interestingly enough in 1984 another acquaintance of Patrick Walsh's Cindy Jerdy was found stabbed to death Cindy was a 28-year-old interior decorator who lived in the Lake Calhoun area of Minneapolis. Patrick Walsh was married to a former roommate of Cindy's. On May 30th, 1991, Patrick Walsh's co-worker, Pamela Susan Sweeney, was murdered and sexually assaulted. He stole her keys from her purse at work. He then entered her home at 11 p.m. and at that time he, he shot her five times in the head. He then carried her upstairs with the intention to rape her. She had her monthly cycle, and he felt that she was unclean. So he went downstairs, grab a, grabbed a knife, and stabbed her four times. He then went to the kitchen and drank a soda. While while trying to leave the residence, he backed his pickup into a deep ditch. And he was trying to get the vehicle out, but he rammed the rammed her vehicles into the garage door and,
1: um, totaled them. It's surprising that people didn't hear that, or I suppose it depends on where this house was, but you'd think that that would be kind of loud. I, 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 you'd think it would be, and that he
0: was, that the ramming of these vehicles, it's in the middle of the night. Well, and to be hitting them so hard that they were totaled. Right, and the, the, the good thing Mm -hmm. It's a really a good thing that he got his truck stuck in a ditch, in the ditch right outside of her home. He wasn't able to get uh, he wasn't able to get away. Sure. But at 3 a.m., Pamela's fiancé came to check on her. He found her body, and then he called the police from a neighbor's home. In the meantime, Walsh, who's stuck there, uh, called the police to say that, that he had been, had stopped by Pamela's home and saw that the garage door was broken and and somebody had broken into her home. He's talking to the police. He's talking to the to 911 when the police arrive at the house. Walsh was found guilty of first-degree murder on two counts. He received 30 years to life with no par- no early parole until 2021. It's an, it's 2020 right now. It's upsetting. It's upsetting and, and the idea that 30 years that a life is a, is worth 30 years is that's upsetting to me. Patrick Thomas Walsh is considered a suspect in Cindy Jurdy's murder and in Cindy Brown's disappearance. Cindy Brown's case has been reclassified as a possible homicide. Both cases remain unsolved. Cindy Mae Brown would be 63 years old today. She is Caucasian, is five foot two and weighs 110 pounds. She has brown hair and blue eyes. She has a scar on her left pinky finger that extends from the tip to her palm. She may go by the last name Jones. If you have any information about Cindy Mae Brown, please contact the Roseville Police Department at 651-767-0640. So he's going to be let out next year? Potentially, yeah. I mean, he's not eligible for early parole, and his sentence will be
1: complete in 2021. Sure. So so does that mean that he just automatically gets out, or does it have to go through a process to determine if he's eligible still, or deemed safe, or...?
0: I don't know for sure, but I I think that if you were were given a prison term of 30 years, and you had no egregious behavior during that 30 years, then you would be allowed to go free. I think that's how it, I think that's how it kind of works and yeah. the the thing is is that his desired victim uh, is a 22 23 year old woman and he may not have access to 22 23 year old women in prison and right. so he may not have any egregious behavior in that environment right but he has he has murdered at least one person there's another acquaintance of his that ha- was murdered, was stabbed, and sexually assaulted. Um, they don't have they don't have a, a suspect other than other than him right. in that case. There's no there's not enough information, and so, and then Sydney Brown went missing, and you know she told her supervisor that she was leaving town, so it wasn't uncommon
1: that she was gone.
0: Well, I don't. It could have been a plan. Right. She has this. Concerning roommate. Yeah. And it doesn't, they didn't know how long they had been roommates.
1: Sure. 1979, 1980. Or if they had even really known each other beforehand, because you wouldn't think, I mean, he had already been charged with attempted murder before. He had already served
0: for seven years.
1: Yeah. So you'd think that if she knew that, and she hadn't known him before, you know, they weren't like family friends or. Right. You know, that you wouldn't think that she would want to live with just him. Right, I, I, yeah. I, she, there's, there's no way that she knew,
0: she's not a very, she's a, she's a small person, she's a, a petite, um, she, I mean, you know, you see those, you see signs, you know, roommate needed, and, uh, right, tear off a number, mm-hmm. and so, I don't think that, I don't think that she would have known, however, his oddness would have probably come, he, if, if it's true what they say, then he had an anti-social personality, he would have been a difficult person to like, yeah. maybe. And so, or even to get to know, right? Really, right? But would you move to California without your car? No. No, I, I think that that would be kind of part of my plan. Right. Is to have a car. Not knowing,
1: really. Did it say anywhere like that her stuff was gone from the apartment or? It did not indicate in any way. Sure. That that would her be interesting. Like
0: she actually left, or was it, her stuff still there? It didn't indicate, and I sure. think that it would have would have said that. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, she's twenty two years old. She might have been pretty mobile. Yeah, uh, it doesn't say how long they were roommates, so she might not have had a lot of stuff there. But yeah. um, she did. She did indicate b- before this happened that she was leaving town. However, any of her family, uh, she, there's been no communication with them, and so, so th- she's she's missing. She's she's still missing, and. Uh, she's still missing and he's gonna get out of jail in 2021 seems really unfair but and I would say that he's not he's not
1: cured no of homicidal tendencies well and especially if there's some mental illness there that he's not being I mean there's I, I would imagine there's not a treatment program to help with that if there is something going on I would say that
0: in prison you serve your time and there while there are programs, that can help you get your GED or right. do some things while you're in jail. I don't know that there's in-depth help for mental illness, which he doesn't actually, that we know of, have. At least in the, the information that I saw, it doesn't appear that he's had, he had any major infractions while in prison for these last 30 years, and so he should be, he should be able to um, roam free. I mean, maybe now he would have a title of... I don't, I don't know what you would because uh, because actually the person that he that he the person that he, he killed he did not sexually assault them right him. so uh, he's not he's, he's not he's considered a, a sexual predator yeah <laughs> so I don't think we identify when somebody a murderer moves no. to your neighborhood just a sexual predator which I think is a good thing but I right. but I don't know that, that they do that and I don't know that they identify because technically he's served his time. And um, and he is a free citizen, able to live, work amongst everybody else. So it never really meant as much to me before. When I was when until I was really looking at the individuals and began to see the victims, who they were, their families, their structure, their personality, and then the idea that the person who caused their disappearance is just roaming around living their life. It's upsetting. It's upsetting and it's not fair. So I have an update of a story that we did two weeks ago on Kara Maui. Kara was from North Dakota. She was the mother of three children and she went missing. They had found some of her clothing outside of a FEMA trailer in Porcupine North Dakota, and she had just she had just disappeared. Just this week, there was notice that she has been found. She was found in northern Texas, and uh, she has been in contact with her family. She's safe and alive, and that's that, amazing. That's amazing. Uh, w- this, she this this story was suggested to us by uh, one of our listeners, and she was a recent this. She disappeared now about three months ago in November, and so it's very recent. And we don't often do stories that are real recent because there's often not a lot of information on that. But she went missing several months ago and has been found and has communicated with her family. And hopefully by this time, she and her family are reunited in North Dakota. So that's, I didn't expect... In doing these podcasts about people who've gone missing, uh, I didn't expect that we would (laughs) that somebody would be found alive. Yeah, and it's very hopeful, I think, uh, for families, and it's a it's a very good feeling and it needs to be celebrated. So, um, so happy to report that Kara Maui was found and is reunited with her family.
1: We ask that you do not reach out to families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos along with information and articles used for these cases can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. So, my weekly distraction this week is fun facts. So, this was apparently a Reddit thread uh, Okay. on Reddit. Um, a dad asked for fun facts that he could share with his four-year-old, and Reddit delivered. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Otters have skin pockets for their favorite rocks. Yes. Which is the cutest and creepiest... Thing ever, ever. So they have a uh, they have a little pocket for their favorite yes. rock that they and use. They can swirl around. Well,
0: they can swirl around, but they use it to crack open. Um, I think. Oh, like clams or something. Yeah, that sure. they use it. It's a it's a tool. Oh, besides a fun tool, maybe a jewel,
1: or a uh, weapon, or a weapon. <laughs> I guess I uh, a rock pocket. It's so funny <laughs> and, and gross. <laughs> Most elephants weigh less than a blue whale's tongue. What? That's how much a blue whale's tongue weighs. A lot. Ew. Yeah. Some species of burrowing spiders keep teeny tiny frogs in their burrows to keep it free of bugs too small for the spider to get that might try to eat the spider's eggs. This means that tiny frogs are spider cats. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't think that teeny tiny frogs are as big of jerks as cats can be.
0: Well, first of all, I want to talk about burrowing spiders. <laughs> Gross. And where do they burrow? In, I don't want to know. I don't think in Minnesota. I don't think so. Uh, but, I and also know. that they have a, a frog as a bouncer.
1: Well, they, know, but they go out and find a teeny tiny
0: frog. And kidnap the frog. Aww. And make him their hostage... Keep it in their lair. ...to clean house. <laughs> That's really teeny tiny, tiny bugs, which is exactly why I have a cat. <laughs> you're right. right you're exactly. right. <laughs> They're spiders'
1: cats. I don't like the idea of, of burrowing no. spiders. No, I don't either. I thought that was just interesting, though. From the time Pluto was discovered until the time it was demoted from planethood, it still hadn't made one complete revolution around the sun. <laughs> wow. Which is really sad. <laughs> yeah. I miss Pluto. You know... It, Yay! Yeah. one time <laughs> go Pluto. <laughs> there's an island in Japan populated only with fluffy bunnies.
0: Oh my god, I want to move there. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, fluffy bunnies? Fluffy don't bunnies. A, there's
1: isn't there like a island or maybe it's maybe it's an island where it has just cats. Yes, I think so. I think it's like in China or something. Oh my god, so I, don't, I made that up. It smell. Know I don't know. Terrible. What, I don't know where it's at, but I I think that there is one. Smell. Oh, it would be terrible. Awful. <laughs> so this is interesting because my dog does this. Dogs can tell when you're coming home by how much of your scent is left in the house if you have a daily routine. I She totally does that. She can tell the time.
0: That you're coming home?
1: Yes. Well, I
0: just want to... S- is it the time? I mean, I, I, honestly, I think they can tell time. Yeah. Because it's so... Spot on. Right. But cats can do the same thing. I mean, or maybe they don't. I don't think cats ca- care. But <laughs> maybe cats don't care. But um, they there is something about that. Yeah. That they know. They know that you're on your way, and if you're late,
1: you're in trouble. Yes. Cows get excited when they solve puzzles. The filling in a Kit Kat bar is broken up Kit Kats. What? I guess.
0: The little so it's a Kit Kat intestines? Kit Kat guts? I didn't know that. I guess so. I don't know. I, these aren't, I don't. I, They've not been Right. Right. Okay. I don't know. but.
1: And I, I want to know who's what the hell kind of puzzles you give a cow. I don't know. Like I a maze? Know. Maybe. The little jump guinea pigs do when they're happy is called popcorning. Oh my God. I don't know what that is, but it sounds <laughs> so cute. They jump like goats. Do they? Like a little they floppy? Their, yeah, like a little they, floppy jump. They
0: kick their feet out. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. What? <laughs> How can my I don't get my whole life go by and I don't know that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. They talk. They're they're kind of loud too. Guinea pigs. When a cat walks towards you with its tail up, that means it likes you and ex- is excited to see you. Does your cat do that, Janelle?
0: My cat. Oh, my cat's kind of a jerk, but uh, when he uh, when he's going to be fed or when something's going to happen, his tail will just wiggle. oh sure will just it'll, excited it'll just wiggle like he's <laughs> like he's excited. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think he cares for me you'll, all have that much. you'll have to see you have to see he doesn't all. really care for me all that much. I just feed him and I I deep poo the cat litter box, um, but that's my only purpose
1: in his <laughs> life. <laughs> So which I think is how all cats are. We're just slaves to cats. Yes. Elephants have a noise that means there are bees here. Let's leave immediately. With bees, I never thought about bees biting elephants. I guess I well they have they have a specific noise, so it must be a problem. Well, and
0: there's a lot of space on an elephant, but yeah. they can't reach. Right. So I did see something on on Facebook, which is has no I have no idea if it's true or not, but. That they would make in, in Africa, that they would make a, a fence, of beehives, to keep elephants out of f- off of farmland.
1: So well, that could be true then. So then it could very well be true. Yeah, a fence of bees. Huh. I wouldn't cross terrifying. it either. A Siamese cat's fur color is dependent on its body temperature. That's why the colder areas of the body, such as the nose, paws, and tail, are darker than the rest. That totally sounds made up, but it's interesting. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not, but it's interesting. When a bee is chosen to be the new queen, they're given a special type of honey that completely changes their bodies. Amazing. That is amazing. Hippopotamus milk is pink. What? I don't know. I want to see that. (laughs) And who's milked
0: him hippopotamus to know? I mean, who has milk the hippopotamus because
1: they're not friendly they're, no they're cute they're super cute but they're not friendly no i think that they're the meanest yes some fish cough <laughs> 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 i wonder what that looks like Blue, <laughs> blue, <laughs> 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 i
0: never thought about it i never thought about it either
1: is their throat dry i don't know uh, i it. don't know yeah i don't know why would they cough huh. some frogs will glow when they eat fireflies I suppose if they're small <laughs> enough they're, it'll glow in their belly. <laughs> Before nineteen thirteen, parents could mail their kids to grandmas through the postal service. Yes,
0: I saw that. That is That's terrifying. Can you imagine a big old stamp on your forehead? <laughs> in a box.
1: Grandma Olson.
0: <laughs> no, not even in a the box. Do they just haul them around in their in their in, in their, their bag. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think that they charged by the pound. What if there were two kids at a time? How would you carry
1: the kids around? Two
0: satchel bags. <laughs> and, and if it's the,
1: <laughs> if it's
0: your the Pony Express, oh, that's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, it
1: is. <laughs> um, you know, it would really be great if they could still do that. It would be, it'd be easier. Yeah. Yeah. More dangerous, but, yeah. It takes a little over eight minutes for the light from the sun to get to earth. Tigers have striped skin. That's why their fur is striped. Cows? So do
0: leopards have spotted yes. skin?
1: Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I just made that. Dalmatians, up. you don't have any idea, do you? No, but I think that that's true. I think that the colour of your skin determines where how your fur or your hair is. But that but not for Siamese cats. Right.
0: You Again, have no idea. I have These no are idea.
1: fun facts, they may not be true. Right. Okay. Pretty sure they are, but okay. not really sure. Cows can walk upstairs but they can't walk down.
0: Where would a cow get a chance to walk up or the downstairs?
1: I don't. Again, who's testing these? I don't really know. That's all. Be,
0: but if they did walk up the stairs, they'd be very happy about it they because they solved
1: it. a puzzle. <laughs> they would And eat. then you'd have to carry them down. Right. 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 Don't let your cat. Don't let your cows walk upstairs. You shouldn't let your cows in the house. No, that yeah, that that's don't not a that. good idea.
0: No. Because cow poo is big. Is big. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. So my weekly distraction this week is is statements from children. This is from Henry, age three. Excuse me, I understand that you like taking naps, but
1: I don't. <laughs> Henry. Yeah, he'll regret that when the, he's an adult. Yeah, pretty much. Take all the naps, Henry. All you can get. Yep.
0: And he's right, your mom loves naps. <laughs> yeah. And would like That's more. right. If you could please. <laughs> uh, this is from Greta, age four. My mouth doesn't want to be quiet. Oh. And okay. there you go. There you go. There you go. There's no doubt. <laughs> so this is from Gabriel, age four. Ow! My eye. I didn't know where my hand was going. I thought it wanted to rest behind my head,
1: but it wanted to poke me in the <laughs> eye.
0: So, yeah. That, I mean, I sometimes, my feet.
1: Yeah. I Don't know where they're going. Just. Yep. Just don't know what they're doing.
0: Tripping my own <laughs> self. So. This is uh, from a five-year-old. My aunt is my mom's sister. Small world. Wow, it is, honey. It I is. have that same thing. <laughs> 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 it's just amazing. It's wonderful when they when they, the light goes yeah. off. Yeah. Um, this is from Sophie, age three. Mommy, I'm not joking. I'm not kidding, and I'm not playing. I need chocolate. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Sophie, you're right, and you should have it. As much as you want. Yep. Unless you were my child, then no. (laughs) (laughs) This is from Chloe, age seven. Daddy's the boss until mom comes home. You're right, Chloe, and that's exactly how it should be. Yeah. This is from Andrew, age ten. Love is the most important thing in the world, if you don't count football. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, age ten. (laughs) 20, 30, <laughs> 40, 40, 60, yep, Andrew, you're right. Yep. This is from Georgie, age 4. They lived happily ever after, and then they had to go to work. <laughs> age 4, and, and Georgie Aww, already knows that. He already knows. Oh, man, that is That'd not. That'd be tough to learn that it's early, It's tough I feel at like. age 4. <laughs> it's tough at 40 plus. Yeah, they lived happily ever yeah. after, and then they had to go to work. Again. <laughs> This is from a four-year-old boy. Mommy, when I get married, you're going to be pushed out of my heart. How do you feel about that as a mother of a boy? break your heart. honest to God. How can they do that so young? I don't know. Four-year-old. And just break your heart. That's sad. Pushed out of my heart. So this is by a seven-year-old, and you'll have to guess her name. My name is Liz, short for lizard. Not Elizabeth. (laughs) And that's why we name children, that's why we name little girls Elizabeth, so that we can call them Lizard. Lizard. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah, Lizard. So there you go. Those are my weekly distractions.